0: Welcome to the Legend of Beowulf. Chapter 2. Grendel Beowulf stood before the Chieftain of the Danes and waited for a reply. He had announced who he was, and was expecting a warm welcome. What he got though was a little more frosty. The Chieftain, whose name was Wolfgar, answered, My lord, King of the Skildings, will learn of your request. I will gladly give him your message and return with his answer. Beowulf looked around at his men, a little nonplussed, but nodded his agreement, and Wulfgar rode away. Before long he was at his master's court. Beowulf's worries about his reception were completely unfounded. Wulfgar gave this message to Hrothgar. My lord, men have come here from the country of the Geats. They are led by a mighty warrior called Beowulf. They ask that they may converse with you. Do not refuse them. But Hrothgar had no intention of refusal. Indeed, he was gladdened by the news. I knew him as a child. His father, Theo the Great, gave his one daughter, the great king, Edgthrow, in marriage. This king is the father of Beowulf. I am hoping and praying to the holy God that he has been sent here to us of the oppression of Grendel. If so, we will give him many treasures. Don't waste time. Bring them in. Seat them and we shall feast. Let them know that they are welcome by the people of the Danes. Wulfgar returned to the band of Geats and invited them to the hall of Hrothgar. He told them they could enter in full armour, but they must leave their weapons and shields outside. Beowulf readily agreed, and the Geats followed their guide into Heorot. There they saw King Hrothgar. Beowulf, resplendent in his glittering chainmail, spoke. Good health to you, Hrothgar. I am a kinsman of Hygelac and have accomplished many fine deeds. My people and I have heard about the affair of Grendel. People speak of the fine hall, which should ring with the voice of revellers, being silent. Our ablest men urge that I should seek out and offer you my help. I have come home from many hard quests. I have tied up five giants, cleaned out a nest of them. I have crushed sea serpents. I think I'm a match for a single troll such as this Grendel. Allow me, great lord, to cleanse your hall. I have learned this beast carries no weapon. I will oppose it with no weapon. I will destroy this Grendel with my bare hands, and if it is the Lord's will, then I will prevail. If it is not the Lord's will, then Grendel will fiercely feed on the flesh of the Geats. You will have no need to find me and bury me, as the monster will bear my body away and eat it. But I ask, if I am to be Grendel food, that you send my armour to Hygelac. So, let fate take its course. Hrothgar spoke. You come in kindness. It is with sorrow in my heart that I have to admit that Herot has been blighted by the monster. My hall companions and my war band are depleted, and there is pain in my heart. When the beer was drunk, many of my band boasted they would wait here with their swords and set upon Grendel in the night. Morning's bright daylight brought only the signs of slaughter. Blood soaked the floor of this great hall, and so my warrior band dwindled. Anyway, enough of this for now. Let's eat and so they ate. Many songs of heroism were sung, and once more Herot rang with melody and laughter. It was almost like old times. The feast had been going for some time, when one of Throthgar's men stood up and spoke. His name was Unferth. He was jealous of the new arrival, unable to bear that anyone could enter this hall and seek greater glory than his. Is this the Beowulf who had a swimming match with Breca? both of you risking your own lives for the sake of some silly venture. Both of you would not be persuaded against such a sorry contest. You both beat against the waves as the sea, rough with the waves of winter, buffeted you. For seven days you swam, and then you lost. His might was greater. He found his way back to his own stronghold, in the margins of the Brondings. I can't see any happier outcome when you fight Grendel with your bare hands. Beowulf stood up and looked at his rival almost with pity. He spoke softly, but firmly. I thank you, my friend Unferth, but I fear the beer may have added some bravery and eloquence. I had more strength than Brecker and I endured a worse struggle. We were both youths. We boasted in public we would risk our lives in the ocean, and that's what we did. We each held a sword in our right hand so as to keep the whales away. We entered the waters, and for five days nothing could separate us. The northern wind was bitter and the seas rough. After this, Breca and I were parted. The fishes of the sea were then aroused. I I was grabbed by a reptile fish and pulled to the bottom, but I managed to raise my sword and kill it. Many others swarmed at my throat, but I killed each one with my trusty sword. They wanted to dine on Beowulf, but instead, when morning came, all that could be seen of them were their bodies on the beaches. The tide bore me to the shores of Norway, I have heard nothing like these exploits linked with your name, Unferth. Neither you nor Breca has performed such a daring deed with your sword. You have only killed kinsmen. You may be a clever man, but hell will take you for that. If you were such a great warrior, as you are trying to let us believe you are, then Grendel would no longer be ravaging this hall. He's learned that he need have no respect for the Skilding nation. He takes what he wants and eats what he wants. I will show him true strength, geetish strength. He will get a lesson in war. Hrothgar allowed himself a small smile. The shield of the Danes trusted that Beowulf would be as good as his word. Hrothgar's queen then offered more beer to the throng, starting with the king. When she came to Beowulf, she gave thanks to God that he was there with them and could be counted on to rid them of their foe. Beowulf assured her that he would meet the challenge. I came here to do only that. I came here to accomplish the wishes of your adopted people. I will succeed in carrying out my vow. The queen was delighted, and she returned to the side of her husband, feeling hope in her heart for the first time in a very long time. Herod was at last ringing with words of courage and heroism. Songs were sung, beer was drunk, fun was had. Presently, Hrothgar decided to go and get some sleep, aware that the talk of the demise of the monster and how it was going to be done were all very well, but for now Grendel was still free, and could come and eat some many more of his men at any time. He saluted Beowulf, and the Geet saluted in return. Hrothgar spoke solemnly. Never have I handed Herot or its defence over to another man. I do this for you now. Have and hold the House of the Danes. Give this task everything you have. You will be lauded and have the liberty of my lands if you come back from this brave quest alive. Beowulf bowed and prayed. Hrothgar stood and left the hall. Beowulf also left and went to his bed. Before sleeping, he made a speech. I believe my strength in fighting is at least as great as that of Grendel. Because of this, I will not end his life with a blade. We will fight without any weapons, if, that is, he dares face me. If God in his wisdom thinks I am worthy, then I will take the honours. If not, I shall die. The Lord will support whichever side he sees fit. In the shadows not far from Heorot, a giant figure was moving slowly and quietly. One man kept watch. Down from the misty moorlands came Grendel, intent on snatching more Danes for his own personal consumption. He came down from the clouds and found himself outside the Golden Hall. He reached the door and, as usual, smashed it with one blow. Filled, as usual, with a deep rage, he advanced. His eyes blazed like fire. He caught sight of the group of Geet warriors and advanced on them. In his heart he laughed. This was going to be a good meal. He was going to kill and eat every one of them. The son of Hygelac watched as Grendel advanced on the group. He watched in horror as the monster grabbed one of his hapless band and tore him apart. He gnashed at the bones and sucked the veins dry. Then he ate every last morsel of the poor man, including his hands and feet. Gleefully he stepped forward in order to impose the same fate on the next man, but he was to eat no more geats. Beowulf seethed in anger that the monster had eaten one of his own men. Grendel was going to feel the wrath of the geat. Beowulf was a geat. He was a very large geat. He was about to show Grendel what happens to a monster who eats geats. Beowulf grabbed hold of the monster. He brought to mind his speeches of earlier in the day, and strength and determination seared through him. The monster felt fear for the first time. His only desire was to get away, to run and run. The two wrestled. Sometimes it seemed like Beowulf was on top, and sometimes it appears that Grendel was winning. The Danes heard the crashes of battle and were afraid. They heard the wailings of their enemy. It was a sound unlike anything they had heard before. The Geats were afraid for their master, They heard and then saw the intensity of the battle, and they felt the need to help. Surely twelve men with swords could be of service to Beowulf as he battled the monster weaponless. With the best of intentions they drew their weapons and attacked. But the Geats didn't know what Beowulf surely did. Weapons were useless against Grendel. He was impervious to seal. They struck him again and again, but the blades simply bounced off. The beast didn't even feel them. Beowulf and Grendel continued to fight. The Master of the Geats grabbed one of Grendel's mighty hands and started to pull. His strength was so great that the monster's flesh split at the shoulder. The snapping of tendons could be heard above the rest of the noise in the Great Hall. Then the skin gave way and the joint exploded. Beowulf had pulled off Grendel's arm at the shoulder. The monster shrieked in pain. With his arm in Beowulf's hand he was at last free to run and that's what he did. Back to his underwater den he ran, but from the trail of blood it was clear that he wouldn't survive. Grendel died in his lair. The spear Danes were free. Beowulf was pleased with his night's work. He had made good his boast and removed the sadness which the Danes had been living with for so many years. In order to commemorate the victory, Beowulf hung the mighty arm of the monster from the gable of the roof of Heorot. The next morning, a great gathering took place at the hall. The chiefs of all the clans rode to the Shining Hall, eager to hear what had happened, and assure themselves that Grendel really was dead. They gazed at the massive footprints of the beast and the trail of blood. They followed the blood to the tarn and saw where he had dived in. The monster really had died there in his lair. Then they all journeyed back. Beowulf's feat was discussed eagerly amongst the throng of the Danes. All said that north or south over the entire earth... Nobody was better than him. He was the worthiest to rule over men. This was not intended to mean that Hrothgar should not rule, as he was a good king. One of the king's fellows launched into verse, telling the story of Sigamund, who had slain the dragon. By now the dawn had turned into the brightest of days. The warriors assembled in the hall, and were soon joined by the king and queen. Hrothgar stood, and looked solemnly at the arm hanging from the gable. Then he spoke. Let us give thanks to God for this sight, he gestured at the arm. Until yesterday I had grave doubts we would ever be released from the ravages of the beast. I thought that this lovely hall would stay slaughter-painted and spattered with blood. For all of you, my friends, the sorrow was equal, because none of us imagined there was any defence against Grendel. But one man has performed the impossible task. Beowulf, I take you to my heart as a son. Anything which we can give you you shall have. Your deeds have brought with them an undying honour. May the Almighty Father give you equal success for everything you do in the future. Beowulf stepped forward. We came here of our own free will to carry out this task. I am not wholly pleased with how this has turned out. I would rather that you had seen all of him here, rather than just his arm. I had meant to capture him and clamp him down, so you could all see him in death. But my grip was not good enough to prevent him from escaping, But he left behind his hand and arm. It left him no respite. He lives no more. No longer will he plague the Danes and the rest of mankind. Now he awaits the judgment of the Lord. Unferth sat back in a sulk as he'd heard the words of the victor. There was no more boasting from him. Then it was time to repair the hall. Tapestries embroidered with gold were hung from the walls. Only the roof had survived the attacks of the monster unscathed. Everything was repaired. Every man and woman helped to mend Herot. Before long the king entered the hall. A great feast was called and all courageous men came and sat. Much mead was drunk and much meat was consumed. At last the floor of the great Herot was filled with friendship and laughter. The son of Hilfdine gave Beowulf a standard made entirely of gold. It was a figured battle banner with a wonderful sword and dresses in beast and head armour. Beowulf drank with the Danes. He was given battle armour by the king. Hrothgar then called for eight war horses to be brought to him. One of the saddles was studded with stones and emblazoned with gold. This was the battle seat of the bulwark of the Danes. The king of the Skildings gave horses and the saddle to Beowulf, telling him to use them well. The king then gave gifts of treasure to the men who had accompanied Beowulf. He gave extra gifts to Beowulf for the family of the man Grendel had eaten. More songs were sung, including the tales of disasters of the sons of Finn. Once the singing was over, the Queen stepped forward. Next time, we'll find out what the Queen did when she stepped forward. Until then, have a great couple of weeks, and I'll speak to you next time.